Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. Command codes verified. Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. Like, like Bender from Futurama. Like, shut up, baby, yeah. I know it. Yeah. Exactly, you got it. Yeah. When he's, like, walking with those robo-hoes in the, uh, out of the church or whatever. Oh, dude, there's another, there's another great band name, Bender and the Robo-hoes. Yes. Oh, man, I want to be a robo-ho so bad. <laughs> Um, Mr. Monik, if you're at your computer right now, which you are because, you know, we're having this magical conversation across the... I'm across the room. I've just been screaming really loud this whole time. But, like, not even screaming. Like, you're not even screaming. You're just really good at projecting your voice. You're like a ventriloquist, man. It's amazing shit. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Check in the chat. I am actually sending you the link to our t-shirt shop right now so you can see the different designs. And then I'm going to work on another one. Um, we still have the designs up for um, the fake band names. I still have the Stonecock Armada t-shirt up there. Um, and the Kitty Cat Quintanera is up too. And, oh, 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 and Greedo and the Nerd Holes is there too. Forgot about that one. There's Don't Be a Juice Bag. Yeah. Kitty Cat Quintanera. You can see the Don't Be a Juice Bag. So that's like obvious that that's a juice bag, right? It's definitely obvious that it's juice because of the straw. The question is, is it a bag or a box? Don't be like, a what juice box. Don't, what does don't be a juice box mean? I mean, juice you douche. Know. I mean, I think it still works. Like, Yeah. Don't be a orange soda? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pretend to be an idiot. Like, Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to have another version of the shirt that is literally, that is just, it just says in cursive. And like, I picture it like a black shirt with like orange writing across it that says, don't be a juice bag. Yeah. For, for the dummies, you know, for the people not equipped. I like how the, the most expensive shirts on here are $20, but then the don't be a juice bag shirt got a, a discount at $19.99. <laughs> yeah, you know. The, the, the savings um, there's actually a coupon code too that I can give you if you want to if you're like no no 20 bucks too much can't do it but if you look the Ripley ones that are just it's just him on the front of the t-shirt mm -hmm. um, those are 15 so I made those cheaper um, unless I, you're a woman's comfort tea in white then it's $19 well this is why I haven't That's... advertised any of these yet Steve because I'm still working oh, on this is. like I'm still cleaning this up um yeah, and actually, I don't even think you can buy the Greedo and the Nerd Holes one. Yep, it says campaign has ended, so you can just look at how pretty it is. I made that one, like, specifically for Donnie. Like, my cousin Donnie. <laughs> I was like, you have Donnie to... the Broncos fan. You gotta buy this, man. Um, I'm just, I'm very proud of him, too, because he's really come out of his shell on social media. And, like, he now, like, comments on pretty much everything we do on GGR. So, like, I'm very proud of Donnie. I'm so glad that these things come in 5XL. Do they really? Yeah, they go from small all the way up to 5XL, and then but then they also have like L. What is LT? What the hell's that? XLT, 4X, 4, 3XT. What is that? Extra long. Oh, uh, like if you want to be one of those dudes. 
or maybe you're like seven feet tall, you know? I'm sure that we have ex NBA player Sean Bradley as a yeah. GGR fan and he wants a t shirt for Kitty Cat Quintanera. I mean, that's cool. Well, you know, whatever, dude. Which kind that, of wouldn't surprise me. What else is that that you got going on? All I'm saying yeah. is, is I'm very proud of the Kitty Cat Quinceanera t-shirt. Like, I, I put a lot of effort into making that look like a an emo band cover, like e- emo band album cover. Like, it's even got, like, the wrecked high school. Like, I don't know if you can notice that in the background. Like, that that, that was a lot of detail that I wasted company money on um, <laughs> while I was making this. Mike, why did it cost us... $77,000 to design this t-shirt. <laughs> I was talking about the other company that I work for. Corporate Greed. I was doing, I was doing it on their time. I was, I was getting paid to make t-shirts. <laughs> Suckers fell right for it. Didn't even see it coming. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm very proud of the Kitty Cat Cancelier t-shirt. I'm trying to see if there's any other ones that we have. I mean, I think Greedo and the Nerd Holes is the best, but that's only because it's far and away the best name. Yeah, yeah. Stonecock Armada is pretty great, though. I mean, like, the detail on that one, there's actually, like, a rooster, like, like right there. So in case somebody thought we were being dirty, no, it's, 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 it's a rooster. Get your head out of the gutter, man. Jeez. Not only that, but it's got, like, the bitchin' dragon on it. Yeah. Well, I was or like going Wyvern or whatever that is. Yeah, I was going for like I was going for like the metal, like the classic metal album cover, you know. And I feel like every metal band that's worth a damn like has to have like Bitch and Dragon on there. Like I can cover. send you thirty albums that I've listened to this week that have a dragon on it. See, yeah, exactly. Easy, yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if you squint, it looks like Stonecock Amanda, and that makes me. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Baby, I got this for you. Look. I got one for your mom, too. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not allowed over there anymore? <laughs> See, I, I I figured you meant Stonecock Armada, but I also like figured you got her the Kitty Cat Quinceanera shirt, because, you know, like, your mom's in the emo bands, right? Like, <laughs> Where, Which episode was that one from? Which one? Kitty Cat Quinceanera. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what I, I see that's the thing is again, I wish we had an intern so we could catalog all these things. But like, um that was see, it's so hard to remember because we just we talk about dumb shit and <laughs> just stuff comes up. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I have no idea which one they came from. But like it was we were talking about something and I I think I just threw that name out there because sometimes I just my like reptile brain will just spit things out that make no sense whatsoever but are somewhat funny so yeah we'll just run with it that could be the summation of every show we've ever done yeah <laughs> um i actually have a list here too of some of the other ones that we we uh have so there's um emo bike ride was another one that we came up with um one of my personal favorites jesus chrysler um yeah that's a good one um I don't know when I came up with this one. So, like, I have this, like, notepad um, on my Mac, and I just write them down just whenever I come up with something, right? Um, apparently, we came up with... Either we came up with one, or I just came up with one, and I haven't told anybody. Uh, breakfast breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner? Yeah, it's just a great band name. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can I can yeah. see. Uh what kind of like I was starting to think like all right, breakfast for dinner, like what kind of sound do they have? They've gotta be poppy. Like the just like upbeat, kind of fun. I'm thinking like um like pop punk, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, almost like like, like, new, like newfound glory, that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? I could see them doing that. Newfound glory is kind of edgy for them because, like, I feel like breakfast for dinner would be more like Fountains of Wayne or like Bowling for Soup. You know, uh, they're like, just okay, look, a little like comedy ish. Yeah, with the with the sound. Okay, like with the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics are like the sound is like that pop punk, but the lyrics are a little goofy. Yeah, they're just they're they're just there to have fun. You know, they're have they're there for they're there uh, to go to Waffle House at eleven o'clock and get some pancakes because they are breakfast for dinner. Exactly. See, and like I yeah. even I even did the voice that I use when I do. Stop me if you heard. Fourteen <laughs> year old Steve. I would have a couple BFD albums. I can right, tell you that much exactly. right now. <laughs> a seminal band in the 2000s, Breakfast for Dinner, is our subject for... Stop me if you heard this. Yeah, it just it, it flows off the tongue, man. Um, another one that we came up with when we... Remember like when Rock Band first came out for like the Xbox and the PlayStation? And it was like the greatest thing ever, and everyone was playing it? Um, me and Sandy and a buddy of mine, Alex... Uh, and my little brother Nick, we created a band. Like we made a name for our band, and we would all get together and play rock band. And we named it. It was a, it was an all girl band, but all of the um, participants in the band were named after serial killers. But they were like instead like instead of Char- a Charles Manson, it was like Charlene Manson, um, and they were called for serial, but serial like as in like serial killer. So it was yeah, it was it's the high level stuff, man. I mean like. Real brainy stuff back then in the early 2000s. Uh, <laughs> right right back to the, like, remember when, when college happened and these are the things that were happening? Yeah. That was, like, that took me right back there. Right. It's, like, play, playing rock band with, with the dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one that I came up with that I really, really liked. Um, and, actually, I got this. I think I might have been hopped up on painkillers after watching Star Wars Last Jedi. I came up with a great name for a band, um, and they would be, like, just metal as fuck, dude. Hyperspace Kamikaze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's the kind of band name where, like, that's the the band's name, the first album's name, and a song on the album. Like, that's all, that's that's the trifecta right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Digital Aliens is another one. Um, The Underground Ocean. I don't know where that came from. Um, but that just sounds cool. Like the underground ocean, like they would be kind of like kind of indie, like, like an indie band that plays like stuff. That's like, you wish they rocked a little bit harder, but like, it's still nice to listen to. Um, and this one was, I, I, I amalgamized some Christmas traditions and put this one together. Um, St. Nick and the pickle kids. (laughs) Yeah. You do really well with the, like, thing and the backup band name oh like, yeah a lot of those ones are, are pretty classy those are those are that's like my favorite that's like my favorite i still we came, we came up with this one on the podcast hey i think this was a me and you and the, uh, ek the dj special um when we were talking about um like mashup bands like if billy joe armstrong from green day couldn't sing one night and they brought in kermit the frog you could call them it's not easy being green day <laughs> Uh, that's still funny. <laughs> yeah, that one works. Were you there for that one where I actually sang um, "Basket Case" and Kermit the Frog's voice? I don't think so. Oh, you weren't. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to send you that episode. 
That was a good one, man. I was very proud of myself about that one. I don't know where MC Brooks is. I was hoping he would hop on by now. I've been we've been recording the whole time, so like this is just oh, gonna, whatever. Yeah, whatever, right? We can use my Xbox handle because I don't really have Xbox Live anymore. But like, yeah. my Xbox handle is Monkey on Horse, and I feel like if that you made that like all one word where the the on is capitalized and the other two parts aren't, oh, kind of yeah. like like Alex on fire. What is it? Alex on fire? Alexis? Alex, I think it's Alex's. Alex what is it? on fire or Alexis on Alexis, fire. Yeah. Alexis on fire. Yeah, yeah. Alex is on fire. <laughs> I think they get probably mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis on fire where it's all like one big like mashed up word where you're like. It's like when you're looking at somebody's yeah. email and you don't know for sure what it says, you know? like Yeah. I have this. Is your space bar broken? <laughs> I have this friend and her name. Her first name is Megan. And her middle name is Alexandria. But when she puts her name together, it's it looks like Meg Anal. Alex like it's <laughs> That's why if I had a dog, I would never shop at PetSmart because is it like is the pet smart or is this a pet's mart? I don't know and I hate you. <laughs> it's too confusing. I'm too confused. Oh, where is MC Brooks? Oh, he's probably doing various things at the con yeah i don't blame him man yeah. i mean no. the con con you know you don't mess with the con yeah and it's also anime too you know it's anime people never show up on time late for everything they're japanese culture and sushi and bowing he's and... on it he's on anime time yeah That's exactly yeah Kim. speed lines everywhere and over exaggerated facial expressions it's a mess um so one of the band names we were talking about, because I'm going to do a horrible segue here. One of the band names that I came up with, God, I've had this band name for years. I came up with this in like when I was in high school, Jesus Chrysler. I thought it was the coolest name ever. And I remember somebody, I told them about that fake band name because I was very proud of myself and they got offended. And they were like, you don't take the Lord's name in vain. I was like, but it's not vain. It's a cool band name. And they were, <sighs> it, was a, it was a thing. Um, you and I are of differing belief structures when it comes to religion in the sense that you are actually, you have a a formal religion. I don't really, I just go with the one that I was born with and that's being Jewish. Um, But like, we've never really actually like really ever talked about it. And it's not, not for like, Oh God, if we talk about this, we're not gonna be friends anymore. It's just, it's one of those things like for me, it, it never, it doesn't need to come up because in our other conversations, and I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. I feel like we've we've established that we pretty much have the same moral structure, and what we believe is what is right and what is wrong, really doesn't have anything to do with any of the other stuff. It's just who we are as people, and that's really all that matters. Like none of the other stuff does. I think in some ways, yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think there's other like moral issues that you and I disagree on, but that in no way I think dampens or puts a wedge within our friendship or our relationship in any way. I mean, like I know there's been times where you've posted on Facebook, like about a certain political issue or something that's happening right now. And then, you know, the inevitable post counter post of like every single person who's your friend is saying like, yeah, right on. Or like, Mike, you're the biggest dummy ever. And then I'm like, here's my little point about it, you know, and, and it's not always in agreement with you. Yeah. Um, and, and and something else I wanted to kind of clarify and ask you on, like, okay, for me, 
there's religion, but mm-hmm. then there's faith. Yeah. And I find them to be extraordinarily different, and a lot of people merge them together as one thing. Um, and, and so for me, like faith and, and worldview are interconnected. And then religion is your practice, execution, uh, attempt to live up to the tenets of that faith. Um, so, I mean, like, I, I kind of wanted to ask, like, did you want to talk about religion or did you want to talk about faith? Well, I wanted, I wanted to talk about both. Um, cool. Because I know that, I know that we have had things that we, we differ on. Um, and I mean, well, the, the big one, I think really, I mean, like, you know, let's, let's not skirt around the, the elephant in the room. I think the thing that you and I disagree with the most on is, is most likely abortion. Um, mm-hmm. My my big thing with it, and I'll just I mean I'll state my piece on it, and I'm not, and and that's the big thing with this too is like let me let me very clearly state this, I don't disagree with somebody being against it, because I understand it, I understand completely why they would be against it, I just I feel that it's a woman's body, it's a woman's choice, and that supersedes anything else. However. I feel that there's it needs to be responsibly handled. This shouldn't be something that's like, oh, I felt like partying and I didn't want to be responsible, so now I'm going to do you know this thing. I, I completely disagree with that. Um, but yeah, like that's and again, not to like, it, it, it's not a judgment thing with me. If somebody disagrees with me, that's fine. Disagree with me. That that's great. It, it's it's how you handle it. it it's the same basic principle that I have with um, the recently confirmed uh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. His history and what he did in his past, I didn't really care about because it felt like it was so long ago it didn't really matter. It was the way he handled himself in front of all those people. It's the way he acted like an absolute lunatic, that he screamed and he ranted and he raved and he just acted like an absolute just just animal. And like that, that was for me, because that's essentially what those confirmation hearings were. It was essentially like a fancy job interview. I was like, this is not the kind of guy I want making important decisions. That That's all it was. And I'm, I'm never going to look down upon somebody for their belief in something contrary to what I believe in. But I will look down on somebody on the way that they handle and approach and treat other people. That's that's always going to be my thing. If you can't treat somebody else with respect because they disagree with you, then that's the problem. Not what you believe, but the way you handle other people. Yeah, and and so my viewpoint on the abortion issue is also going to kind of clarify my point about what you just said about you know how you handle yourself and how you treat other people. Um, so you know all the cards on the table. I'm an evangelical Christian. Uh, the religion I practice is Baptist, but I mean, I, you know, fundamentalist Christian. Um, so I see every single human being as an image bearer of God, as of our creator. Um, I mean, the way the Bible lays it out. So, I mean, whether I agree with you or disagree with you, that's colored by my experience, my sin, anything that I'm in right standing with God with, like the the lens through which I see the world is colored by things within my control and outside of my control, both. I believe that's the case for everyone. And so when it comes to the abortion issue, I I believe there should never ever be an instance where it should happen outside of you're making a choice between the baby or the mom from a medical purpose. 
Like, if the mom is going to die, if you don't do it, then a tough decision needs to be made. But I don't believe anyone should be able to make it because you are taking someone who's an image bearer of God off the face of the earth without their consent, you know? Um, and so when I disagree with someone, like you said, you treating someone with respect, treating someone with the gratitude or that they are even having a conversation with you, treating someone where you can hear them out and see where they're coming from. Um, that is the respect that I would give any image bearer of God. You know I mean? That's, that's how I see human beings. And I see us all having fallen, all having our own different flavors of sin, but I have my own that I'm bringing to the table too. And so if I ever want you to listen to me, I absolutely have to pay you that same respect. And we might have different friction points, but that's the world we live in. And that's the bridge we have to overcome or else nothing's going to get done at all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's... Again, like I like I like I prefaced at the beginning of, of, of this this portion of our conversation, it's it's never been an issue with me of what you believe. It's it's how you portray it to everyone else. And you've never struck me as the type who's going to be all caps, fifteen exclamation points, you know, you're a horrible person and you're going to hell. Like that's just not you, Steve. And it's and you you normally from again in this for the five years that we've been that we've known each other, as long as somebody can at least like explain their themselves and where they come from, for the most part, you at least give them the respect that they're due, and that's that's why I think we can have these conversations and disagree on things, and not like you know hang up angrily on our Skype phone call that we're having right now. So yeah, and to anyone out there like who is a Christian, you know, and, and kind of sees things through the same lens that I'm looking at things through, I think one of the biggest things that like we as a community need to do better of is understand the difference between understanding someone and agreeing with someone. Yeah. Um, and that's probably true for all of America right now, right? Because I mean, it's everyone's just in their own little camp. And if you're even talking to someone who's in a different camp than you, then you're betraying your own camp or whatever, you know what I mean? But just like hearing someone out and understanding where they've come from, uh, you know, the more I can understand, like the stories you told in the first episode where you're talking yeah. about, you know, the relationship you had with your grandmother, the, tr the, the trip that you took right after 9-11, these were formative things for you. And the more I've gotten to know you, the more pieces like that I get that, you know, Okay, I've had the I have the picture on the front of the puzzle box because I know you right now. Yeah. But like, what were the pieces that made that up? And the better I understand that, the better I understand you and where you came from. Um, and the more that I think people are willing to do that and understand each other, it's not the same as agreeing with each other. But that's how you can actually have meaningful conversations. Uh, and that's I find it just seems, and maybe it just seems that way because that's all you hear on the news. But it just seems like things are being more polarized and pushing further and further away from that. And, you know, in a lot of the Christian communities and things that I hear right now, it's like, um, like, you know, people don't even want to you know, talk to a Muslim or whatever, because if you're even talking to them, it means you're betraying your Christianity yeah. or something. It's like, are you an insane person? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, just, just talking to someone else doesn't mean that you're, you know, forsaking your faith or anything. It's, you know, if, if if I'm going to live up to what I believe and that I'm supposed to spread the word to all of the earth, 
that's going to include talking to people that currently don't believe the things I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that and that's the part that just drives me nuts is there's so many people out there that claim the same faith that I do and do such a piss poor job of representing it. That's yeah. I'm dude. I'm, I'm so with you on that. And like, this is a perfect opportunity for us to introduce, um, our third member of the GGR pirate radio team, uh, joining us from Katsukon, uh, cause he was, I'm surprised he even came on the podcast. Honestly, I'm sure there's all sorts of awesome, like anime, like things going on after the fact. Um, but his name is MC Brooks. <laughs> you guys hear me? Yeah. He's good. Very cool. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks hey, for joining us, on? dude. Um, we're as you can see, we're we're not shying away from the uh, the, the heavy norm- stuff. Yeah, the heavy. Yeah, we're going to the heavy. <laughs> Do we hit the heavy stuff last week, man? Um, and I'm like, you know what? The hell? Let's keep doing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is what Mike wanted for his birthday. Yeah, so I mean, is, yeah, <laughs> we have to do what he says. <laughs> It's not true. It's not true at all. Until until it hits midnight, and then we can just be like, "See you later, Yolo." Out. <laughs> um, MC, I kind of want to get your perspective on this too, because like all of these things kind of tie together. And one of the things that I've really appreciated about you being one of my friends is like you are not afraid to call out what you're seeing. And like so many people, like right now, because there's a lot ramping up for. 2020 and who's going to be running for president and you're seeing these candidates come out and you're you have no problem pointing out their flaws and like like Kamala Harris from California you're like yeah okay yeah. so she's yeah she's an African American she's a democrat uh but let's take a look at her history and what some of the crap is that she's done and like seeing other people tell you but like well we have to pick somebody and you're be like yeah that's great not her she sucks like <laughs> with with kind of what we've been talking about here too um I mean, I kind of I think Steve made a really good point. He said both like religiously, you know, he's he's a Christian, you know, faith wise, same. Um, I don't really have a religion that I attribute to myself right now. I would say faith wise, I'm kind of a mix of about eight million different things just from what I've seen (laughs) in my life. If I had to attribute myself to a religion, it's going to be Judaism. But the only reason for that is because in a typical Jewish fashion is guilt because my mom and my grandmother were both Jewish and I'm a horrible Jew. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to, and I'm trying to expose Jax to what our, our culture is, but also to like what his heritage is. This is part of who we are, but my dad's Christian, you know, I, I've been to church many times with him. I've been to church with my friends many times. I, I have, and I'm not gonna be one of those douchebags. It's like, Oh, I have a worldly view. No, dude, I just haven't, I have kind of, <laughs> As Steve used the puzzle analogy before, I've kind of made my own puzzle by mashing other pieces into one big weird puzzle that doesn't really make sense, but it's it's what I got going on right now. Um, like, kind of where do you fit in, in, into all of this as far as, like, religion or faith or, or any of that? Uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of on the extreme opposite of both of you. Okay. Um, I've been an atheist since 14. Wow. Just about, yeah, since 14. And I actually grew up in the Catholic church, like my entire family outside of myself and one of my cousins in in recent years, my entire family is Catholic. And I went to Catholic school, went to Catholic elementary, middle and high school. I didn't actually go to any type of non-religious institution until I went to college. So that was like that, that like majorly kind of influenced kind of how I saw a lot of stuff growing up and even though I was um 
a non-believer at 14 and I, and I kind of came and, and I, and I kind of came to it because I was, I had so much exposure to, uh, the Christian faith when I was younger. Um, you know, we like one of my sophomore year of high school, we read the Bible with a priest from start to finish as the entire class. So like I was able to, I, I, I was able to say that, Hey, like I've, I've read everything that I've read what I needed to read, you know, the important text. And ultimately this is just not something that's for me now. Granted, when I was 14, I was like most 14 year olds. I was very extreme opposite end. Like I was. I was, I was Richard, I was the black Richard Dawkins. Like that was, that was me at like 14 through, um, my early, my early twenties. Like that was, that was the kind of, that was kind of where I felt like xenophobia and all with, with the, with the Dawkins worldview. Um, it wasn't until I got to my twenties where I kind of came to this place where I kind of had a bit more of an understanding of while uh, religion is not for me personally, it can mean uh, a great deal to other people and it can do a world of good for other people. And ultimately many of the things that I cared about uh, such as like social justice and, and treating people correctly, like those things, as far as I was concerned, kind of superseded, whether or not someone believed or didn't believe the same things as I did. Like I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I like, I don't care if you are, you know, if you operate under a different faith, it's, it's not my place to, to question it for you, to judge you for it. It, that none of that is my, none of that is my place. I care about whether you're a good person and whether you're also someone who is committed to making the world a better place. I, well said. I mean, Steve, any any comments on that? Um, I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't hold that same view. Um, because I mean, ultimately, when it comes down to it, whether it's an atheistic view, a theistic view, um, we're all trying to answer the same questions, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to: is we are here in this reality, um, and there's that same basic set of questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? Et cetera, et cetera. Like the big questions, right? Right. Um, so the question I have for you, MC, I mean, like, so you, like that's the the way you look at the world, right? Like that's your lens through which you see everything. Um, what like formed that lens for you then? Like where where did you get that, you know, feeling from or that idea or that concept from that that has formed your worldview? You mean like how did that? delve into atheism from my very christian upbringing just general yeah i mean like what what for lack of a better term spoke to you in that in that fashion like what made you feel that this was because ultimately like i mean we're all speaking about what we believe is uh, true yeah. right you yeah. know what i mean so what what convinced you that that was true so admit like admittedly even though i grew up in a very Christian household. Um, I went to church every Saturday with my with my grandfather because he didn't like the the grand three hour mass. He just wanted to do the forty five minutes and get out. <laughs> so <laughs> so like my early some of my earliest memories were 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 that and um, like I, I I remember never really having an actual attachment to the faith itself. Like a lot of stuff I I did just because like that was just the thing to do. Like 
in my elementary and middle school, like going to church on Wednesdays, like I like I didn't feel any particular way about it. It was just the thing we did on Wednesdays, like getting uh, uh, getting my uh, communion and getting confirmed. Like that was just the thing that hey, they said I was supposed to do it. So that's the thing that I just went and did. Like I'd never particularly had that attachment to it that I know a lot of my friends and, and other people have had. Like it was, it was just the, the thing. Like when I, when I would, you know, say my prayers and whatnot, like I did it because I was taught like that was just the thing to do. Like it didn't, I didn't question it. It didn't, like I didn't have any, it didn't mean anything to me. It was just the thing I did. Um, but it wasn't until I got older um, going to, uh, Catholic school, I, my freshman year, actually. And it's funny because I actually have, I, I can actually pinpoint the exact day that my, my worldview changed because I wrote a very lengthy live journal post on it back <laughs> when I was 14. That's just how long so ago it was live that, journal. That, yeah. That time, yeah. That time stamps it real fast. <laughs> yeah. so I, can, I can, I can always go back and, and re and reread like exactly what it was. And even though that entire post reads like one very long run-on sentence, it basically boiled down to, or or it began essentially with the, with the the problem of evil. Um, it was between reading, um, reading uh, the Frederick Douglass autobiography, and then also reading um, what's it called, uh, Night. I can't think, but I think uh, I can't think the dude who wrote it, Eli Wiesel. Oh, Eli, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. That's yeah. Whew, speaking to my people right there. Yeah, like that's yeah. it's like required reading if you're Jewish. It's like that and eating bagels. Like you have to do those in order to become even be considered Jewish. <laughs> But like, like I remember reading both of those and just being like, like for me, for my fourteen-year-old mind, I was like, I, I don't understand how that is just allowed to happen. Like, I, I like I, I, I couldn't rationalize in my mind that someone who loves me and loves all all of the people here even though we, you know, humans have free will, it, it like why that they would just allow that to happen. And, and what lesson, what lesson needed, what lesson that had to be taught, if any, that required such extremes in order for, uh, black people and, and Jewish people to have to go to have to endure that to come out on the other side. And so, like, it started with it started with that, and and so, um, throughout high school, I was uh, it was a, again in Catholic high school. A good portion of my teachers were priests, and I, to be fair, I also got it doubly bad because they all. My, I have an uncle who's a priest, and they all uh, went through the seminary together, or uh, whatever it's called. I can't think of the name. Um, yeah, uh, it's, I, I got it's, it's seminary, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. I. I so yeah, like they paid extra attention to me because they they knew my family, in addition to to knowing me. Oh, um, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but it, like over just over the course of, of of high school, like you know we we did uh, we we went through Christian philosophers uh, again. We read the Bible. Um, forget what, I forget what we, we did. We had a world religions class where we kind of learned uh, not only about Christianity but. 
uh, Islam, uh, you know, all the Abrahamic faiths. We learned about a handful of, of, of uh, um, uh, faiths from across the pond. And, like, I, I was just kind of apathetic. I was kind of agnostic towards it. Like, I didn't really get a, a hardened stance to, towards it until, uh, about to date myself again, I saw uh, Zeitgeist, which is probably, like, the least trustful documentary in existence. But, you know, between that and actually um, uh, the Da Vinci Code, actually. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I remember like still going to my mom's church at the time. And like the, the pastor was like, so adamantly railing against the Da Vinci code and like saying all these fear mongering things. And for me, I was, I was like, well, why, like what's so bad about this book of this, this book that you are like adamantly trying to fear people into not reading it and not going to see the movie. So, okay. Um, but to, 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 to cut a, Long story short, I mean, that's kind of where the, 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 the groundwork uh, started for me. And then just kind of over time, just kind of reading and just kind of reading different things, reading uh, a lot of science stuff. Um, I got introduced to uh, Richard Dawkins and I didn't really care for him all that much. But there was another book I read. I read that kind of broke a lot of stuff down in like layman's terms and put it in such a way that it was understandable to me. And it kind of for me kind of aligned a bit more with kind of my understanding of how I felt like the world worked and it's just kind of been there ever since. I just, I think it's really interesting that all three of us have came to different points on the spectrum for very different reasons. Like Steve, Steve, you pretty much grew up like it's something that you've always done. Like you guys always went to church. It was just something that your your parents did. Something that you did. It's just it was just part of of who you are. Correct. Yeah, I mean, we so we yeah, I was uh, born and raised Lutheran, um, which is kind of like the first Protestant step on the other side of of Catholicism that that MC is familiar with. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a very conservative kind of Lutheran. It's um, like if 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 yeah. Catholicism is Coke. Lutherans are like Diet Coke. Yeah. It's like, it's like all or more the... like Pepsi. You know what I mean? It's, you know, like it's like just the other side of it where you're like, we're don't call us Coke. Okay. Yeah. We're Pepsi. It's, it's very different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then, um, you know, I hit that college age and you know, I have, a, I have a biology degree. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm studying science and, and there's a lot of things that are contradictory to faith and it, it, that, that I believe, you know, one side saying billions of years, one side saying 6,000 years. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, how do I coincide all this stuff? Like, and that really came to the point where I had to decide, like, am I just doing these things because my parents are, you know, that's how I grew up. Like, is that why I actually believe it? do I actually believe it? Like, what do I actually believe? Um, and so for me, it was very much a, like, that was the faith tester and not so much that like just blindly follow. But I mean, that caused me to dig in deep and study things like philosophy, history, science. I mean, that, that was my motivator for studying everything that I did. It was like, what is true? Cause that's, that's what I'm on. I mean, that's, and I think that's what everyone should be on is a truth quest uh, I don't want to just yep. reinforce what I already believe. What I want is the truth. What is the actual reality that exists? 
Um, and I find it to be the most compelling that there is a, you know, uh, metaphysical being that created all of existence. Um, I don't believe that we can use uh, physical reality to prove anything metaphysical. Well, the, um, whole proof, that, the whole proof denies face sort of thing. Like, you can't... Correct. Like, yeah. I can't see it, touch it, taste it, so therefore it doesn't exist. I'm like, well, by definition, they're they're on two different planes. So, I mean, that I, I don't see how that would necessarily be a disproof. It's not going to prove it, but I don't necessarily buy it as a disproof either. I, I think that's yeah. kind of a push, so yeah. to speak. I got you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's where it came for me is, is you know, what... It just became like just a study thing. And I mean, basically, since I've been 18, 19 years old and, you know, that's where I learned the term genetic fallacy that, um, oh, you just believe that because that's how you were raised. Well, MC is a perfect example of that. You don't just believe something because that's where it came. Like the whether something is true or not has no basis on where the information came from. That would be like yep. saying like. Well, Hitler said two plus two is four, and I didn't like that guy, so that's not four anymore. <laughs> that, that's like saying you only you only think that's true because your parents told you it's true. Well, just because they were the ones who told it to me doesn't make it true or make it false. Yeah, it just means that's where I heard it from. So, um, you know, I, that's one of those things where it's it's not because I was raised that way. Yes, I was. Um, and that gave me a foundation on learning it, understanding it, what the tenants were and everything. But when it kind of hit the real world, quote unquote, when I hit college, then it was very much, all right, metals meet and fire here. Is it going to get stronger? Is it going to melt? And that's that's where my journey began. Yeah. And I, I agree with that 110 percent. I mean, e even I mean, I'm, I'm not super hardcore militant about my non-belief like I used to be like I, I mean, you can like I was that way probably until about 2013 ish which is kind of when I kind of mellowed out and was like, I, no, I just, I, I don't really care. But <laughs> MC, I'm sorry, real quick, but, how old are you? Like, how old were you, how old were you in 2013? So you oh, were 30. So I was 24, 23, 24. So, so that fits about perfect. Cause that's where we all are. When you're young twenties, like everything yeah. up to 11. And then when you start hitting your mid twenties and sliding into your thirties, you're like, I still think the same thing. I just don't have the same passion I used to. Yeah, do. yeah. And, and... <laughs> it doesn't matter what the topic is. That's just the way we all we're like. You know what? I, I, I'm gonna go to bed at nine. I don't got time for this. <laughs> can you just like text? Can so you text true. me about it? Like I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like email so I can. <laughs> it's so true. But uh, to follow up your point, though, like I, I agree 110. percent I mean, I'm I'm someone who is like. For me, as long as you're someone who has gone endured your own personal journey to arrive at the place that you've arrived in, then like I don't like I don't proselytize the people anyway. It's none of my business. I don't preach the people. I I don't care. But like I I I'm way more comfortable. I've been way more comfortable with people who were able to like explain that. Hey, like I like I did the research myself i you know this isn't just you know my parents you know taught this to me and so i've just kind of just had this for forever and that's just kind of it like i've met so many people and, and actually around 2013 um i got involved with this organization called uh, people of color beyond faith which was a, a social justice organization that was designed 
to bring uh, to bring uh, both non-believers and believers together for the sole purpose of, you know, fighting these major social injustice battles that, you know, we felt were important. And it was at that time that I, I met a lot of people who were theists and, and, you know, fell and had and were and had like a ton of different beliefs. But it wasn't a matter of them just having the belief since they were five. And that's just it. Like I had a lot of really great conversations with people who were just like, yeah, like I, this is where I arrived at. I, I read this, I spoke to these people, you know, I, I, I dove into agnosticism for a bit, but then ultimately came back to this or whatever. And I, I, I think with just anybody, I, I, I enjoy hearing that, that, you know, this is something personal to you. This is something that you, you know, that you arrived at because you were so interested in finding an answer that made sense for yourself. Yeah. And, and, oh, I'm sorry, man. Good. Oh, no. You're, yeah, no, you're good. I just like I love that regardless of where we all stand with this, we're all on the same page. We're all like, did did you did you just believe this? Did you just trust whatever you were being told or did you actually do? the legwork for this did you research yeah. this did, is this something that you really believe or are you a parrot are you just reciting the things that you've been told your entire life and that was a big thing for me I, I, I don't know if you guys got to that point but Steve I mean you kind of alluded to this like you you have a lot of questions like things happen in your life and you, and you just and you want to know why and, and a lot of times like a book and, and nothing against, you know, any of the, the, the scripture, but like, those are hard to read, dude, the Torah, the <laughs> Bible, like a- any of that stuff that is not exciting stuff. And I'm not like saying like, you know, everything has to be, you know, laser blasts and, and, you know, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> I, I get that. Like, I understand that. I've read plenty of boring things. What I'm saying is, is like, you have to like, you have to be able to interpret them. It's not just word for word this is what these things mean. You have to be able to understand more. Like it's not just the reading and like, that's why, and this is just my belief on this, that the answers that you look for, I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in getting my answers from other people. Like I, I know that there are people that I go to. If I have a problem with my car, I go to my dad. Cause my dad's been working in cars since, you know, like he was 18. So if I have a question about, faith, if I have a question about religion, if I have a question about what's out there, I mean, I, I, I don't think that it's one person that's going to give me the right answer. I want to know everybody's answer and, and kind of figure out what sounds the best for me, what makes the most sense. And I don't want to be one of those people that believes out of fear, you know? I don't want to, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, well, I believe this because if not, there's nothing and nothing is scary. Um, I want to, I do, I do what I do and I am who I am because I want to be a good person, not because I'm afraid that if I'm not, I'm going to go to hell. Well, first off, like, you know, that's one of the advantages of being Jewish. You don't believe in hell. hell, So that's kind of cool. But, um, it's not for fear of reprisal. It's like, like Steve and and, I mean, your kid's way too little to have to deal with this yet, but like when he gets older, you're going to want your kid to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Not because he's afraid that you might beat him with a belt if he doesn't, you know, that's true. I mean, I mean, I certainly don't want Jack to 
just think that he has to be right because there is repercussions for it. Um, I want him to be, you know, a good person and do what is morally right because, and I mean, again, I'm going to bring my worldview into it is, um, you know, as someone who who's saved in a born again Christian, um, it's not for fear of going to hell, but it's out of gratitude for the things that God's done for me. Uh, so that's really the, the key motivator. It's not a, because it, the whole thing about my faith is that it's a relationship. It's a relationship with God and, and, and the Trinity. So it's not about, all right, well, he's and, and he's up there and I have this set list of rules to follow. And if I mess up, then I'm going to go to hell. It's a, he saved me. Like he's, he, he made the game. So he's allowed to set up whatever rules he wants. And originally, like you are talking about from, from the Jewish and the Abrahamic side of things, like it was that way. And that's where for my faith, it, it radically changes is that I had this huge debt. I have no money and no means of paying it. Someone else paid that debt for me. So now it's a gratitude thing. The, the rules I'm following isn't because I'm going to get rewarded or I'm going to be punished if I don't. It's a, look, I love you. You love me. I want to do what's going to make you happy because we have this relationship. And so I would explain it to Jack that same way where we all on a human level have a relationship with each other. So if you're mean to someone, yeah, they can punch you in the face. Or if you're nice to someone, they might do something nice back for you. But you shouldn't be a good moral person because you're afraid of getting punched or you want to get something out of life. It's because you should want to grow and foster the human relationships with each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. And um, I, I read something, that, and I don't necessarily agree or disagree with it. I just thought it was really, it was really thoughtful. Um, I can't remember exactly who said it, but basically the, the gist of it was um, they trusted somebody who was an atheist, who was a nice person, more than somebody who was a believer and a nice person because the atheist person just wants to be a good person, whereas somebody who is very religious might be doing it for not altruistic reasons. Like they, they're doing it because they're out of fear or whatever it is. And again, don't agree or disagree. It was just like, wow, that's a really interesting perspective on that. Um, but like, I, I think what's what's interesting about this too is is so many people love their faith, love their religion, and they want to share it with other people. But what blows me away is that how many people will get angry and violent and accusatory and just point fingers and just say awful, horrible things because somebody doesn't agree with them. And I did an episode of Mike on the Mic where I went and interviewed an imam. And the reason and the reason I did this was because I had had on two separate occasions people say very very ignorant, but not only ignorant, just completely incorrect information about people of the Islamic faith. And it infuriated me because I knew that none of that was true. And I I wanted to go to a, a service. I wanted to go to an Islamic service because I had never actually seen one in person. And I went and I didn't really tell the guy. I was just like, is it okay for me to come see your service? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I just wanted to see the message that he was portraying. And it was so contrary to this nonsense that people, a lot of people uh, in the media, a lot of just 
fearful people portray. Oh, it's all it's an it's a religion based on fear and, and, and anger and hate, and they just want to kill non-Muslims. This, the message this guy was preaching was about how everyone is a neighbor, whether you're Christian or whether you're Jewish or whether you're Muslim or whether you're, you're Buddhist. Everyone's a neighbor, and you treat your neighbor better than you treat yourself. And I was just like, man, it's like this guy knew that I was coming looking for what Islam really stood for. And like... It just it bothers me that that's that's what so many people share about their religion and their faith is this fear of the other side. It's interesting, um, yeah. Because I mean, some of the stuff we've been talking about too is, you know, every faith and every religion. So that the okay, we'll say faith slash worldview. If you, if you don't want to call it a faith, and I find that. I would define religion like we said at the very beginning before MC got on like religion would be the practice execution or trying to live up to what that faith or worldview, you know, says you should be or says, you know, is reality or whatever. Um, so I find that like, do you guys think that there's like objective, absolute 100% truth? I'm not saying that your worldview completely holds it or anything. I mean, just saying like, do you believe that out there in existence is like objective truth? Uh, as I as, would say so. I, as somebody, as somebody who's been in some pretty interesting situations, as somebody who is the grandson of a police officer, my uncle was a U.S. marshal for years. You, you hear things so many times that they they become your quote unquote gospel from your from your your. Um, relatives and and one of the things that my grandfather said and my uncle said all the time was there's two sides to every story and somewhere in the middle lies the truth i don't think that there is a definitive truth because truth is so subjective to somebody's perception because like think about things that you remember vividly as a child just whatever it is it doesn't matter like we'll we'll use you know i remember going to my cousin's house and my cousin said that I was a duty head and pushed me down the slide. Um, and he was so mean to me and I hate him for it to this day, 30 years later. And then you ask your cousin about it. He's like, yeah, I called you a duty head because I thought it was funny and I was laughing and you were laughing and I pushed you down the slide because I thought it would be fun. That's two separate things. The exact same thing happened. And two people see that event completely differently. So... I mean, is there, are there certain things that are true? Yes, there is a sun and the earth revolves around the sun. Yes, that's truth. But like, it's, there's so much perspective involved that like when you're trying to deal with, with humanity and how we perceive things, is there really a, anything that can be an undisputable truth? No, because somebody's always going to have a different point of view on it. And somebody's going to have some different perspective. We're seeing that every single day. You know, on social media, uh, in the media, like where you have people saying, you know, alternative facts and fake news and like, you, and that's well, the worst part about it is, is I think that like people also manipulate that to their benefit. And that that's, I don't know. I it, mean, it's, yeah. it's just so, a difficult yeah. thing. I, well, I don't, I don't oh, go ahead, MC. I'm sorry. Well, ju uh, the only thing I would say in, in response to uh, what you just said is. I like I, I don't think any of that necessarily refutes that there's an absolute truth. It just changes whether or not we're able to actually know uh, know what that exactly is. You know, because yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah. ultimately, 
ultimately, like, regardless of how we perceive a situation, there is an objective, non-biased reality of what happened in a given situation. And that exists whether or not, I mean, regardless of whether or not we're able to access whatever that, whatever that overall understanding of what happened in a, in a given situation. I mean, so I, I would say that it exists whether or not we, whether or not we can access it, whether or not we can understand it, um, whether it's possible for that, I, I, that might be beyond us, but I, I don't think that necessarily refutes that, you know, an overall objective reality or truth exists yeah, that that's exactly what I was thinking. Because I mean, like to your point, Mike, like you're saying, um, the subjectivity of the people doing the the perceiving is always going to color what the objective truth is. Because I, I I agree, I believe that there is objective truth. I, I don't believe I I could possibly be a Christian if I didn't. Um, it, you know, it so the the subjectivity that is a filter that it all goes through that it makes it hard for us to know what that truth is. But I mean, if I asked you, like, is it possible that we know the exact number of people uh, who died in, you know, uh, the Peloponnesian war? It's like, we have an estimate we can guess. I mean, but there is an exact number uh, just because we don't have the means or methodology of knowing what that fact is. Doesn't mean the fact doesn't exist. Um, and I think that's crucial, regardless of what viewpoint, like regardless of what lens you're looking at the world through. I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that there's so many people out there that just think like, ah, there's no, there's no truth. I mean, it's just kind of whatever you experience, whatever you feel, et cetera, it's stuff like that. And I feel like, well, I think all of our aim should be like, well, there is truth out there. How do I get to it? I might be coming to a different conclusion. I might have bad info, like you were saying, Mike. Like I might not have all the tools or the the knowledge necessary, but I should be striving every day to get closer and closer to it. Um, and I should be open enough to understand that if I am incorrect, uh, if I'm doing something wrong, or if I'm getting to truth but I'm hurting other people or doing something the wrong way, that I need to be able to adapt and learn. Yeah. Well, let me give you let me give you an example. Uh, so the first tattoo that I ever got is the word veritas between my shoulder blades, which if you're unfamiliar in Latin, that means truth. Uh, why did I put the word truth in Latin on my back for that exact reason, the way you described it? Because the truth is not always going to be easy to find. It's not always going to be in the languages that you were looking for it in. It's not always going to be just right there in front of you. And it was very symbolic. And I was very proud of myself at like 22 years old getting this because I was like, man, I'm smart and I'm cool. Um, but like, I wish that played really well with the ladies. Oh, too. dude. I mean, let's, dude, come on. Come on. Dude, it so did. It's a funny story. Like when I first started dating Sandy. And Mike, like, what does that mean? Here we go. Yeah, what does that mean? Let me tell you about it my truth, truth, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when I first when I first started dating Sandy, right, I took Chelsea – um, she was like eight at the time and I took her to the pool. Right. And, um, we came back and she didn't want to like say it out loud, but she, she went to Sandy and she goes, mom, who's Verita? And Sandy was like, what? She was like, Mike has a tattoo on his back and it says Verita. And Sandy started laughing. She's like, no, that's Veritas. It's, it, it's Latin for truth. And she's like, oh, that's a weird tattoo. Most people just have dragons. Like it was just, a... 
She thought you had some sort of like Argentinian wife or yeah, something exactly. before you met Sandy or something. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Had this girl Verita that I was in love with, man. It was dope. Um No, but I did that I did that tattoo for that exact reason, the way you described it. Almost almost to the letter like the way you described it because for me the truth is important and it's something you should always be searching for now it's something that in the way i described it that was just kind of my pessimistic view on the way people are today and it really bums me out but like i've set myself up to try to find the truth by by sifting through all of the 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 chaff you know trying to get to you know the the liquid delicious center of the truth like what, what actually is out there um but it's not easy, and, and that's that's the point. And what's funny is, is we were in Tennessee on vacation one time, and uh, we were at a water park, and, I, and again, the tattoo came up again. Somebody saw it and read it and came over to, and started talking to me. And we were at a water park in Tennessee, and this guy comes up to me. He goes, I see the tattoo on your back, and it says Veritas, and I know that means truth. And he looks at me, like, real intently, like, you know, and of course it was George W. Bush based on my voice I'm doing. Um and he was like, he was like, what's, what's your truth, brother? And I, and I knew where he was going with this. Cause he was, he just had that like way about him and we're in Tennessee and he's wearing a cross necklace. And I was just like, Oh, it just, you know, it's about finding the truth and that you have to search for it. And I didn't really want to go into detail cause I felt like I was about to get like a sermon. So <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you know, it's about making sure you find the truth and it's not always going to be easy, easily found and that you have to keep trying and it's not going to be in the place that, that you're looking for right in front of you. And he was like, Oh yeah, well, that sounds like a real educated way of thinking of things you know best of luck to you you know god bless you sir and i was like okay i'm gonna go down this water slide please don't talk to me anymore thanks <laughs> i think that's like circles back to like what we were talking about right when mc came on when i was saying like there are so many people that like call themselves christians that claim the same faith that i have and then they act in a completely different manner they don't treat other people with respect i mean i so we brought up tattoos. I got one on my right arm um, and it's a cross with a particular passage on it. Um, it's first Peter three fifteen, which, which says which, no, no fat chicks, right? Exactly. Okay, that's right, yeah. you. Oh, damn. See, that's what I'm going to see. Do. You knew it. You knew it. <laughs> no, it's, um, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. I mean, that's straight from the Bible. So, I mean, if I'm going to be professing that, I need to practice that. So it's not just – it's basically the Christian call to action. It's saying you can't just say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian because I live in the South and that's what we all do. Or it's a, an excuse not to think because I just live based on faith. You know, God will provide. Uh, or you can't just say like – you know, and that that's a complete like the God hates fags guys. You know what I mean? Like that drives me up a wall. Because, you know, you see that on the news and that's what everyone who's a Christian now is to those people who saw that. You know what I mean? And they kind of forgot the with gentleness and respect part of things. You have to have a conversation. You have to get to know people. How in the world are you supposed to look like an authority, look like anything but a crazy person if you're not acting like a human being? And that just drives yeah. me up a wall that people say that they believe this. First off, they don't even read the book. You know what I mean? MC's read the book. Yeah. He knows the book. He, he doesn't believe it, but it doesn't mean he didn't read it. You know what I mean? And I think that's another common misconception. Um, everyone who's a Christian has read the book, and everyone who isn't hasn't. Um, no, that's 
Usually it's the other way around. People who call themselves Christians haven't read a word of it, and people who don't call themselves a Christians really are experts on it and know what it says and will challenge you on it. You know, you have to have these conversations. You have to know what you're talking about. So I put that on my arm because I want to live by that. I want to have a reason, but also do it with gentleness and respect. You know, talk to people like people. Um, and the, the polar extremes, man, and they call themselves a Christian just drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I think that's – yeah, and I, I can say too, um, I, I think that's – the the talking to people like people is, is something that is – it's a lost art nowadays. Because I can say even when I was like heavy into my uh, angry atheist days, as I like to call them, like – Around like around the time that I started to mellow out, like I used to just ask some of my friends who were still really hardcore, like, "Don't you think it'd be like if you were like if you were actually trying to deconvert someone from their faith, like, don't you think it would make better sense to just talk to them like a person instead of yelling your point at them and then calling them names when they obviously don't react well to your point?" And obviously, that's not something that's unique to the the atheist side of things. I mean, you can find that pretty much with with every uh with every group but it, it it makes better it just for me it always just made better sense to just talk to people like people because that also can lead you to having an understanding perhaps even learning something that you may not have previously known or gotten a point that you may not previously have considered when you came around to whatever you believe i just you know one of the things that i think that a lot of this boils down to is like there are people out there that actually don't enjoy new experiences and learning and challenging anything. And I'm the exact opposite, man. I, I love hearing different sides of the story. I love learning new stuff. Like it, 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 it's just something that I, I really enjoy a great deal. And like maybe that's what kind of colors my perspective on things is that I want to know everything essentially i mean it's impossible to know everything <laughs> but like that that's that's something that fascinates me is is i want to know why people do the things that they do i want to understand why they think that they do and what's made it difficult is like when you realize that there's a lot of people that you can't have a common that you can't have a conversation with where you can find some common ground because they're so set they've 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 locked their jaw they've set their feet they're not moving they won't budge and there's nothing you can say or do that will change them and that's what's frustrating and that's why i've shifted to i'm going to focus on the people who can and the people who will listen and the people who want to try to find this common ground to find to, to make a world that isn't so intolerant that isn't so stubborn about the way that it is because i don't think any of us are going to be able to go forward and move forward and make a decent world if we're not willing to try to work together with everybody and it's not just a select few and i think that that's vitally important as well right yeah it goes back to that conversation we had earlier on where it's you know like being tolerant and listening and conversing it it's not the same as agreeing you know, we're allowed to continue to have our same opinions, even if we're presented with new information, we filter it through and we go, you know what, I just don't, you know, there's been plenty of times where I've listened to something that was like from an atheist perspective. And I go, wow, I kind of really need to think about that and lay that on the template of the worldview I have right now. How does that, does that completely shatter things? Or is it, oh no, that's easily answered. And sometimes it's, you know, very, very difficult to uh, understand. 
Um, like MC said, like from from the other way around, like the problem of evil. That's one that comes up a lot for people, you know, uh, from an agnostic or atheist or perspective to anyone who's on the theist side, because there is evil. That's an undeniable fact. Um, so, I mean, when you're just saying, I'm going to sit in this position, I'm going to put this bubble around me. And whether that bubble is I'm screaming out so loud that nothing else can come in or I'm plugging my ears so nothing can come my way, um, that's not healthy because whether you're afraid that you're going to lose your current belief, whatever that is, one, that tells me your belief isn't that strong in the first place. Right, yeah. Um, But two, if you're just so unwilling to work with anyone else, and let's say you are the one person in the universe that has all the answers, you know exactly what's right. If you're not willing to share that with anything, what good is that? Bingo. If you're not... If you're not willing to talk with anyone about it, congratulations. You're the one dude sitting in his parents' basement who is doing absolutely nothing to help the world. <laughs> yeah, that's so – If you really have the answers, go out there and talk to people about it. Don't scream at them and don't plug your ears and put your head in the sand. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one, man. It's the, – the world is a an angry place when you look at certain parts of this, but I think that, that we've found here – that you can create a refuge where you can mm-hmm. escape that sort of stuff. But at the same time too, you find people that are going to like, e- even if it's not in the refuge outside of this, it's not like when we, when we're not doing GGR stuff, we're all, you know, assholes, you know, it's not like we're talking <laughs> about this. Yourself. <laughs> I was, you can't convince me otherwise. MC. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> to try to try to play with that. I know you, I know you're not like, it's, I just I know that it's it we have a lot of fun talking about the things that we talk about and it, it it warms my heart that we can talk about these things too and there's no animosity there's no like well I can't believe that this guy believes this or this guy believes that no we're all just like yeah no dude once you explain it totally makes sense and we're all you know same team basically yeah um, this conversation is in no way going to affect my opinion on your guys view of like the upcoming Avengers Endgame theories or whatever we talk about next week. You know what I mean? Like it's, I want to know you guys better whether we agree or not. Yeah. I'm, that's a a great way of putting it, man. And I think that is a perfect note on which uh, we can go ahead and and wrap things up here, guys. Um, This is, you know why I wanted to do this on my birthday? Because I knew that we could handle it and I knew that we would learn more about each other, but also to share with our, our listener family as well. Um, who we are and what we do. And if, if at any point you guys hear what we're saying and you, and you disagree with us, that's cool. Disagree with us. Like we, we want you to think, we want you to, to have differing opinions, but just remember that you can express them without alienating anybody. You can express them without telling somebody how wrong they are, because that's ultimately what this all is, is these are the ways that we have tried to live our lives. And the set of rules that we govern ourselves and our families and our loved ones with. And we're just lucky that we all are on the same page here. And I think that's ultimately, I don't think it's a religious doctrine. So let me state that right now. I don't want anybody to call me a blasphemer, but don't be a juice bag is a good way to live your life. Like if you ever want to know, like, you know, should I do this or should I do that? Just think to yourself, like, is this really is this really the right thing to do? Am I being a nice person by doing this or am I being a dick? If you're being a dick, then you probably shouldn't do it. So 
Um, the Church of GGR of Latter-day Saints will be accepting donate. And I'm kidding. I'm totally joking. Um, Is this the part where you bring up the t-shirt sale? Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. <laughs> no, I'm going to save that for our next podcast because I'm still working on the designs. Um and, and exactly how I want them to look and all those things. But yes, there are going to be t-shirts, guys. Um, we're working on them right now. we got some really, really cool uh, concepts uh, in the works. Uh, but I'm sure we'll come up with some more stuff, too. Um, and you can buy one and, and show off to everybody that you're part of this uh, this cool little thing that we're doing here. So, um, MC, real quick, uh, just like a couple minutes here, and then we'll go ahead and, and wrap up. What have you seen sure. so far at Katsukon? Uh Katsukon's been... Really interesting. It, it reminds me a lot of how Udicon used to be uh, back when Udicon was still in still in Baltimore. Um, it, it, it's like any other anime convention. I mean, whichever the popular anime have been in the last year are what you're going to see a lot of. So, uh, My Hero Academia, which I've spoken about a couple t- a couple different times, is a ton of of uh, cosplays from that. Uh, there's there's a ton from. Um, uh, there's a ton of Naruto, Dragon Ball Z. I mean, you have your, you're always gonna have your usuals. Um, I actually saw one of um, what's the uh, the the uh, the dinosaur that Tommy the Green Ranger had in the first season of Power Rangers. You, oh, you guys Mark, remember that the, dra- the dragon sword? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a I got I actually got a picture of that because someone came cosplayed as the dragon sword. Are you serious? That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been pretty dope. Um, I've, I've seen. I mean, they, I, I feel like they're biased against DC characters because DC is kind of the only people who don't have like an official photo shoot this weekend. There's two different Marvel ones. Uh, there's one for every anime you can imagine. Uh, there's even a Steven Universe one, but no DC care nothing for DC characters even though there's a lot of us out out, out there I'm looking on Facebook um, dude I see that you got your Green Lantern ring that's awesome oh yeah it doesn't fit but <laughs> <laughs> I may have I had to squeeze I had to squeeze it on um but it, it, it's been pre- it's been a pretty good experience so far I'm actually gonna be going back after uh I get off of here to uh, check out some of the the evening stuff that they have going on and then uh, I'll be back tomorrow and Sunday. Well, nice, man. Yeah, I mean, you. Hopefully, fingers crossed. This is also going to include a, uh, a the now uh, famous MC Brooks uh, Comic Con recap. Correct. Of course. Of course. Wonderful. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually funny. I had a conversation with the uh, with their media guy when I went to pick up my badge today, and I talked to him about GGR, and he told me he had, he really enjoyed um, the recaps that I've done for oh, nice. the other cons because I. I uh, they asked me to send examples of stuff that we did that we've done yeah. um, in the past year, and they they really enjoyed like the recaps we've done. So that's great, dude. Um, that's awesome. That is that is great. You know to what's kind of sad? I I was scrolling through Netflix and they had that trailer for this new like animated show, where in the world is Carmen in San Diego? Yeah. And my first thought was one, wow, I can't believe they made this, and two, I'm like, MC. That's kind of our Carmen San Diego because I'm always like where in the world is MC right now he's always at some kind of con <laughs> this was like two weeks ago and I'm just now remembering it because like you're kind of like 
you're our Carmen San Diego, man. You're always somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and we're always trying to figure out where you are. And then we get the cool recap. I do think I do think it's kind of funny though. Like it, when when the original show came on in the '90s, like they basically painted her as like an international like spy and like kind of like ne'er do well and like. You, you kind of couldn't do that post 9-11 it was like she was basically an international terrorist like and it was just kind of <laughs> it was kind of funny because like i remember we had a conversation when i was when i was in the military like with me and a bunch of other guys and we were talking about how like we were going to start like because they, they handed out those like playing cards with all the people from al-qaeda and like i joked i was like oh queen of hearts check it out it's carmen san diego guys and like everybody kind of laughed and we were like how weird would that be if that was actually like you know like al-qaeda watched that like osama bin laden was like yes i'm going to be carmen san diego and we're going to destroy the americans and like (laughs) give them really strange clues and hire hire villains to work for us with really really funny punny names like it's all carmen san diego's fault damn it (laughs) so i know you should actually watch it it's really good is it really it, it, it is. I, I I watched the first two episodes of it. Yeah. They gave her an origin story that is is kind of cool. Did they really? Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's kind of cool. Definitely check it out. I'm 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 currently in a little bit of a funk. They removed Quantum Leap from Hulu, and I hadn't finished the series yet, so I'm very upset. It's a shame. There's no other way in the universe to watch that. Oh no, it's not like there's an, an a thing. We need someone to go back in time and right this wrong of putting <laughs> Quantum Leap on Hulu. <laughs> and while they're there, put Doctor Who back on Netflix so I can watch it. Oh, thank you. Oh, I watched it like when I was living down in Virginia, and I watched through all of it, uh, the new stuff from the from uh, Doc Nine up. And then I was like, you know what? With the uh, the new Doctor coming out, it's a lady. This is interesting, but I need to go back through and watch everything. Pull up Netflix goose egg nothing yeah yep dude it 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 literally i was i was watching it i got through the first three episodes and i was like you know what i'm gonna go to bed i'll you know i'll just i'll catch up tomorrow and then i I tuned in the next day and i'm like yo where where like am i tripping where the hell's what the hell happened to it and then it's it's just gone and i haven't been able to found it what happened (laughs) (laughs) i ended up like I, i tried to fill the void and i was like all right well what am i gonna watch instead of yeah, I know, I know. I gotta watch The Punisher, but like, my I want to watch it with Sandy, um, so I'm waiting until she's ready to watch uh, season two of The Punisher. But like, I started Arrow um, because I had only the only time I had ever seen Arrow. I mean, I knew the basic premise, right? But I, I had watched all of the Flash, and the only experience I had with Oliver Queen was as when they had those Flash, uh, the uh, crossovers, oh, yeah, the crossovers, with the Flash. Yeah. yeah. So I started season one of Arrow, and it's not bad. It's not great. But I can see where in the vacuum of no other good comic book stories on TV that that would have been like gold. Like people would have just been losing their minds about that show because like now The Flash is on. I think The Flash is better. I mean, they've got the stuff on Netflix like Daredevil and like those are all markedly better in my in my opinion. But like I could see where when this came out, people were just like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like it's like if you took Lost and you mashed it up with like Batman and then like and then (laughs) but he had a bow and arrow. This is the coolest, dopest shit I've ever seen. Like it's it's (laughs) <laughs> that, it's funny because that was a uh, that was actually one of the the criticisms of the first season of Arrow, yeah. which was that people were just like, oh, he's basically Batman with a bow and arrow. Like, 
Yeah. What's the what's the difference here? I will say that wait, how far are you in it? Because I don't I don't want to spoil the villain for season one. Oh uh, well, I already know that that um what's his name John Barrowman uh oh, Merlin Merlin's Merlin's dad is is the bad, which which they totally botched that by the way, like because. He, like he has the fight with Oliver, he kicks Oliver's ass, right, and then he pulls the hood off. They could have pulled that out and drawn that out so long and made that a better reveal, but it was just like, oh, I'm gonna take my hood off, and I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Well, I guess that makes sense because I already know that he's a more important thing because he shows up at Comic Con all the time. And if he was just the douchebag dad of like Oliver's <laughs> rich friend, then this would have been kind of hey, lame. He could be coming from Doctor Who for all you know. <laughs> uh, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> So no, but like the other thing you're forgetting though is you're watching it all as one big chunk. Yeah. You're forgetting that on TV and syndication there is a mid-season finale. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. that's usually when those kind of things happen. Like almost every season yeah. there's some kind of like dude pulls his hood off. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it was so and so. And then that's when it would be like and we're not showing you anything else for like 6 weeks and then we come back from our hiatus after Christmas or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I really, so far, I really like um, my favorite character. I actually don't like Oliver Queen. He pisses me off. Um, he's kind of annoying. Oliver is, Oliver is very annoying in early seasons. As as it progresses, he gets like I, I feel like I feel like Stephen Amell gets a better grasp of how to be Oliver Queen and and, and make him a distinguishable yeah. character and and not annoying and <laughs> annoying as fuck i got you um i think my favorite yeah, right now is diggle diggle's my favorite uh yeah i love i love diggle yeah yeah he's cool diggle is awesome um if i'm being honest too merlin is like merlin is probably my favorite arrowverse villain behind the reverse flash dude that's hard and, to beat man the reverse flash is awesome yeah yeah and, and so I, and, and I think you'll understand why uh, in later seasons because of what the, because of what they do with Merlin's character um, going going forward and kind of the role he plays on Arrow. Um, I, I I think I think you'll I think you'll really like it. But they but they do bring like it, it is interesting because they do bring out like eventually a lot of Batman uh, Batman characters. Like it's not like it's not it's not a spoiler if I say like you know like they you do get uh the um uh League of Assassins or things what they're called well, with they uh, Rachel the, Ghoul. What was the name of the um it's like the the playing card gang. Um or crap, what are they called? The Royal Flush Thank Gang. Thank you. Yeah, the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah, they were in there and I was like, that's a Batman villain. Like or at least, I mean, I'm also basing this off of Batman the Animated Series too. So, like, that's that's my <laughs> that's my comparison here. Um, yeah, I've noticed that too. Yeah. Um, I was surprised yeah. that Deadshot was like in season one, and they killed him. I oh, was like, wow, they have no respect for Deadshot. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about that. He comes yeah. back, yeah. like a thousand times. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he got stabbed in the what? face. Like, it went through that stupid little glasses thing he was wearing on his eye. Like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like yeah, it's like comics. No one's ever really dead. They're yeah. dead right now, but they're not really dead. That's true. That's true. Um, so I'm watching Arrow. Um, Steve, what are you watching right now? Honestly, Fixer Upper. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. What's that? Yeah, that is... no, me and the no. I've been um, I've actually been hunting for something to watch because I've been watching like 
that when Manny's awake and then she falls asleep at like 904 at night. Yeah. And so then I usually have another like hour and a half to two hours of stuff to watch. Dude. And I burn through the show Suits and I'm like, what do I want to watch now? Go on I, like, Hulu and watch Letterkenny. Like, I, I can't recommend right. that show enough. The Valentine's Day. Say, go on Hulu, watch Quantum Leap and then get really <laughs> upset. <laughs> and then get upset that you didn't get to finish the series. Um Sandy and I watched the Valentine's Day special for uh, Letterkenny last night, and I, I literally like they they were hitting rapid fire jokes where they were, they were using baseball analogies, and then they were giving what their uh, connotation would be in sexual terms, and I couldn't stop laughing. It was so freaking funny. He was like, "Well, what's a suicide squeeze?" And like it, it was just so freaking funny. But like the show, just from top to bottom like always manages to like to just make me laugh like uh, mc i know you started it but uh i'm assuming since you haven't chimed it you probably did not finish it because you didn't like it <laughs> no 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 it was, I, I i enjoyed it i oh, just kind of didn't i just didn't go back to it that's all okay like i, like, I, I don't open hulu very often yeah. and i kind of found uh not not say like not to say it's bad but i just found myself immersed with other stuff on netflix yeah it's understandable there's so much <laughs> stuff out there like that's like by me watching Arrow, that means I'm not watching The Punisher. But I'm not watching The Punisher because I'm waiting because I'm I'm waiting to watch it with my wife. So it's, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. Like it's that's the great thing about these too is is like you literally could be like if you have like a, a nothing weekend and like you're just reorganizing your closet or whatever, you literally could just be like, oh, I'll just put my put it on my phone and I'll watch this stuff while I'm you know folding clothes and throwing away old magazines that I've accumulated over the years so pretty pretty much I mean when I met you last year I had just I had just begun the Arrowverse in its entirety like and, and that took me a good four months to get through to catch up on everything but oh, it was wait, worth the, it the other one Steve the other one that you should watch did you ever watch uh, Abducted in Plain Sight no I was kind of scared to now that I have a kid <laughs> I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to put these thoughts in my brain. Like I read the, I read the synopsis. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. It's you, you would be okay because you're not an idiot. <laughs> like these parents yeah. that, you know what? That's still actually TBD. So <laughs> it's too early to make that decision. Mike. I'm not an idiot. Like for what's going on right here. I'm responsible for other humans. And there's a good chance that I'm an idiot at that. I, buddy i feel you i feel you like i've had those same conversations where i'm like i feel like i'm doing a pretty decent job with this kid like and then jack's like will like be just walking like he'll, like today he was at homeschool fitness and he's playing tennis with the other kids and he like tripped over his own feet and i was like well maybe not <laughs> like some days i'm waiting for someone to come and be like you, you kind of got away with it for a while but you realize that someone else should be raising this child, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Just because I'm watching Letter Kenny with a one and a half year old, it's not a big deal, all right? <laughs> he doesn't even get the hockey jokes. It's cool. Like, <laughs> he's never met a Canadian. He doesn't get any of this stuff. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. All over his head. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. On that note, um, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here um, for this episode of GGR uh, Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. There is tons of great content. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for MC Brooks's review of Katsukon 2019. Uh, I'll have an article up for everybody's reading uh, pleasure as well. And we'll have all of our great podcasts uh, as well that you guys can check out. Uh, but for MC Brooks, for Steve Monick, my name is Mike Lunsford, and thank you so much for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. 
Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles. Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.